You're listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy baseball experts, Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to On Deck right here on the LineStar app. It is me, it is Chris Meany, and it's you, and it's Monday, it's a new week, it's a fresh start, but if you listen to the weekend show, if you've been reading the stuff that I've been working on, and of course what Chris Meany's been doing, I'm telling you, Chances are it was a pretty good weekend and a weekend that's centered around Noma in Texas because uh, you could put another one on the board, Dan O'Grady. Chris, in Fuego <laughs> continues. Yeah, not only that, but I mean, what a weekend from him. Uh, Friday, he had a 505-foot bomb. I think the you know the longest recorded in StatCast history. And then on the weekend, yeah, he he crushed it. And so it was a great call by you. Texas scored some runs for sure. It was it was a wild weekend, man. Um, you know, the Phillies have lost seven straight games now, 11 of 13. Cool. They're, they're one game above 500, six and a half back of the Braves. But I think the biggest takeaway for me all weekend, maybe not from a DFS standpoint, but just from a baseball storyline standpoint, was Albert Pujols in St. Louis this past weekend was just, it was phenomenal to watch. Every time he went up to the plate, they had a standing O. Yadier Molina was, you know, obviously a former teammate. He was great. Every time he just would go basically, a, you know, halfway to the home plate into the pitcher's mound and and let the fans just really appreciate Albert Pujols. And it was every single time, Joe, uh, like yeah. and, you well, know, even last night he got back about. up. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I, was, I remember fun to see. Uh, about 10 years ago, I was at spring training and I got to see Albert Pujols take BP. Uh live in front of me like i was in the front row and i watched him take bp and it was an incredible thing to watch i mean it was just it was mind-blowing he was so good this was kind of albert pujols you know still at the very much the peak this was like 2005 i want to say and it was just unbelievable and i got to hang out with a lot of cardinals fans that day and they just they're just pure baseball fanatics man they they love their team they support them it's a great place to uh to be a ball player and that's why a lot of people go there and never want to leave man they just they don't for that reason. They just really appreciate it. Pujols is, I, I think we should all step back and appreciate the career of Albert Pujols a little bit more too. I think we're all kind of locked into this decline of Pujols over the last yeah. five years, but that was coming. That was normal. But what he did in the first 15 years of his career is not normal. <laughs> you know, that's, no. that's the thing people need to step back and realize just how incredibly good this player was for such a long time for a decade plus. And, uh, and seemingly Chris came out of nowhere. Right? Oh, yeah, I mean, this was not sure. a guy that was necessarily on the highest rated charts of all the scouts and things like that. So that that's what's the best part about the pool story to me. Yeah, I think it was like an amateur draft. I think it was like maybe round 13 or something silly like that. And and all he does in his rookie year is hit like near 40 home runs and 130 RBI yeah. with a 330 average. So, yeah, he has obviously he's nowhere near the same type of player um you know over the past couple of years with the angels but it was cool to see him hit a home run on saturday he got really emotional you know went right to the to the you know dugout and down the hall and, and shed some tears and and then last night he gets up a second time after you figure he wasn't going to get up again he hit the hit the I believe it was a single and in, in maybe the seventh or the eighth. And then he gets up in the ninth with the bases loaded and they're all just chanting his name. And it was really cool to see, especially in what was a tight ball game. And, and, you know, the Cardinals needed that out to try to get a rally going in the bottom of the ninth, but it was really cool. It was fun to see. And it's amazing that that was his first time playing in St. Louis since he left. Yeah, it was great. It, it, you know what? I, I kind of hope in a way, I mean, 
it's difficult because what has he got like 17 more years on his contract? I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know how many he's got, but he's got too many. I wish I wish you could just kind of leave on that kind of note. Or, yeah. you know, like, you know, I got back to St. Louis and I get, you know, it yes. kind of bookends his career a little bit. I'd like to see him get out before everything starts to decline, but it's tough. You know, it's a lot of money and uh, I would take the money if I was him, but, but he doesn't really need it. I don't know at this point. Yeah, he's a lock hall of famer. Great career. But let's get yeah. on to some of the other things that happened yesterday, too. Guess who going to uh, 3-0? and uh, You mentioned how bad the Phillies have been, but Mr. Yamamoto is 3-0. and right. So there you have it. And I said, look, let's keep going back to this well. I said it in the primer piece for TQE. And uh, look, it's it was there. And yet again, the ERA is .95 right now, Chris. It doesn't get much better than that. No, it doesn't. Uh, he he was great. Yeah, he has been great. And you know, Miami's been a sneaky team. I mean, I mean, obviously they just swept the Phillies, but they took um, they got the split in the four game series against St. Louis, two of four. It was pretty solid right there. And they've been an underrated squad. We've talked about their pitching and some of the guys we've been excited about all year, and some undervalued bats in that lineup. So that was a big takeaway. Mike Fires again, another quality start through fewer since April. Walker Bueller had a 16K showing. Zach Plezak uh, has a 2.33 ERA through six starts. I think maybe the biggest takeaway, and there's a couple, you know, your boy Pete Alonzo. I mean, wow. 27 27? bombs. I mean, is that all? (laughs) Two on the weekend, four last week. That's all. Um, And then another guy, too, who's we know how powerful this Yankees lineup is. But just looking closer into DJ LeMahieu, I mean, two homers over the weekend, 10 on the year, hitting 322. He's got a seven-game run streak where he scored 11 runs. And, yeah. I mean, if this Yankees lineup stays healthy the rest of the year, this guy's just going to continue to get on base and score runs. And there's value to be had with with that type of player. It's impossible for Alonzo not to hit 40 home runs now this year. Oh, I know. I mean, it's yeah. it's basically impossible for him. So if you're going to step back and realize that this kid in his rookie season is going to hit 40, I mean, that is that's that scary. Is, Incredible. I mean, it sort yeah. of harkens back to the Mark McGuire. I think what he at 49 his rookie season, if memory serves. So, yeah. I mean, just an incredible. The, the guy's just raw power. He's a great hitter. And it's it's great that the Mets actually brought him up to start the year. He is like the yes. one positive note on an otherwise crap season yet again for the New York Mets. But continuing on here, Justin Verlander uh, beat the Yankees on Sunday. So he goes to 10 and three on this one. Altuve. Back in that lineup, this was a weekend. It was all about returns, as we talked about on the weekend show. And Altuve was one of those returns. And guess what? He went yard, so that is very good. Uh, Jordan Alvarez also oh, going man. yard in that game. He's up to seven. So it's just, you know, it's just crazy. Just another day where everybody's just hitting bombs. But great to see Altuve out there again. It's a shame you missed so much time. But the game is always better off when he's there. Now, let's get to my favorite guy, Brandon Woodruff, dropping 12K. Oh, man. Oh, baby in milwaukee again he goes to nine and two now here's the question it's since 2016 i think it was was the last time he threw a lot of innings as a starter i think it was almost 160 so are you concerned that he hasn't done that in two years here in the second half as we go in with brandon woodruff because i kind of talked about this on black book podcast last night which came out this morning i'm kind of curious if you think i think he's going to be fine i think if you've thrown 160 innings in your career then you're refreshed when you get to do it again after not doing it for a couple of years. So I don't think he's going to wear down. What do you think about that? Cause it is a unique scenario. You don't get that very much. Usually a starter stays a starter, or if he goes to the pen, he doesn't become a starter again. That's this quickly this well for this amount of time. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, you bring up a good point. All those all those years of maybe just, you know, 42 last year, 71 in AAA, so just over 100 last season. And in 2017, it, basically the exact same, right? I mean, 43, it's just flipped, right? 43 mm-hmm. in the bigs and another 70. So in, in AAA, I think, he, I think he can get to like 175, 180 for sure. I, I think that's definitely possible. Um, you know, the Brewers are, they're definitely starving for starting pitchers. I mean, Nelson was just thrown back into the bullpen and, and th- there's some guys who are really struggling inside that rotation, but I feel like he'll be fine. I, I really do. I, I, I don't know if he'll throw like 200 plus, maybe he, maybe he gets skipped here and there towards oh, the league. Oh, he ain't going no. 200. I know you'll see him skipped at the all-star break well, time. This is the thing. You're not seeing anyone yeah. go 200, right? I mean, they're talking no, about last night in the broadcast anyway. with the Cardinals and, um, and the angels, like both pitchers are rolling and Skaggs and Mikolas and, and they want to turn things over to the right. bullpen. And, and we talked about it on, baseball on, this, this time on the year. weekend show. We talked about it, Chris. We said that Woodruff was this great alternative to the Verlanders because of the strikeout potential. Cause he had been very good in Milwaukee, even though a lot of people get scared off. And look, there he was again, dropping 12 strikeouts and getting a W. Yeah. I mean, this guy's just been a machine. Uh, the Twins have come to a bit of a halt. We were talking about that trend lately, too, because DFS is more than just numbers. It's also the trends, and it's also the streaks. And right now, the Twins were bound to come back down to earth a little bit. They just got one run off Homer Bailey, which was, I'm sure, ruined a lot of people's weekends. But we kind of, we were kind of letting everybody know that this is happening. They were so red hot for so long, it had to come back down to earth a bit. And there it was. It just did that as well. Not besides Alonzo when we were talking about the Mets too. Is there anybody hotter than Jeff McNeil? Another guy who's been a cash game darling of ours, especially on FanDuel, who's always in like 3-2 salary range, who just gets up there every week, every day and gets you, you know, a dozen points no matter what. Yeah, and it's a it's a big enough sample size too now like if you didn't buy into to last season and there were a lot of question marks in new york like is like we just talked about pete alonzo is he going to be you know playing every day you know first base what are they going to do at third and moving some guys around but i mean he's been solid now throughout his his short little career right i mean yeah. just just looking at 127 games 462 plate appearances this guy's a 335 hitter I mean, so, he's Matt Carpenter 2.0, I tell you. Yeah, he said you. it from day one. Yeah, he doesn't strike out. He makes a lot of great contact. He takes, you know, he doesn't have a high walk rate, but he'll take them. That's the reason that he's in the leadoff spot for for the Mets. Yeah, he's been, you know, uh, there hasn't been a lot of bright spots. You're right. And there's been some turmoil, especially yesterday with the manager and, and Vargas. But yeah, that was fun. How about that? Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. That. Uh, yelling at yeah. the media guys and stuff like yeah. that. We're only halfway through the season. And that's yeah. the other thing, Chris. We finally hit the halfway mark in the season. And uh, here we are. And I think it's been a pretty good one right here for the On Deck show. If you haven't it has been, been yes. listening to us the whole time, I don't know what you've been doing with yourself. <laughs> but you definitely need to be subscribing to our show here. I need to be downloading the Lion Star app and using those two together if you're playing DFS. Because if you've been working with us in this team here over at Lion Star, yeah. you've been doing all right. Things are going your way if you're making smart plays and not getting ahead of yourself. I think it's been a very, uh, a very good run for us here on the show. And we, it's, it's more than just a good first half, Chris. You got to have a good season. That's what we got. That's ahead. right. Too many yes. all stars that fall off in the second half. That's not going to be us. We refuse to do that. So let's get after it. Today is Monday. It's a new day. Yes, it is. And let's start with those Mets who, if they're not yelling and screaming at each other or at, um, you know, media members, I guess. Which I mean, if you read the story, it's just so bizarre. I'm not even sure what got him mad. I don't know uh, I don't either. Know, whatever. Mickey Calloway ain't long for this world. But uh, no. you're going to have Steven Matz tonight against Zach Eflin. So 
looking at this one, Chris, what are your thoughts? You got Matt's all the way at six, seven against this Phillies team. It's been terrible. It's that's on the DK side. Eflin is nine, two, but six, seven for Matt's man. That is cheap on a night where it's kind of a short slate. Do you have any love for him where you could go up to a Giolito on a DK who's very expensive or Kershaw? Because even though Eflin's probably the better fantasy pitcher, man, it's kind of hard not to want to get involved <laughs> on the other side of this one because the Phillies offense has been so bad. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned seven straight losses from this team, not doing anything. I mean, Harper moved up to the leadoff spot. We, we talked about that. It's been four games. He has a hit in all four games, a home run. But this team is, I'm surprised to see a 5.3 projected team total for them. I really am because they just haven't been scoring runs and I have no problem with Steven Matz, especially at six, seven. I, I don't love this pitching slate, even with Giolito and Kershaw and Granke on, on, you know, on the slate. I just, I'm not in love with it. I want to get some bats in a game that we'll talk about next. So, you know, line starts spinning out. Matz is one of the better values today. And I agree with them. So, I mean, he's been fine. He, he does allow some home runs. That's, you know, the only real knock with him, I mean, 15 homers on the year, um, at least one in 11 of 14 starts, six in his last five. But I'm not fully believing in Eflin. This is a guy who generates a lot of contact, 80% contact rate, 35% hard hit rate, 40% fly ball rate. So he doesn't strike out a lot of guys, only 73 and 86 innings. And there's some guys in that lineup like Pete Alonzo we've talked about, um, Jeff McNeil we talked about, Todd Frazier has been good for a couple weeks now, making some contact. Well, so I think an match. underrated Mets stack is, is I'm interested in that and I'm interested in Matt's. And you need a match to get those guys on DK you do. too. Have to. Because if you, you have, have no to. way to pay up for 5-5 five, five for Pete Alonso. And tonight is no. a night where you want to consider doing that because, mm-hmm. again, short slate. So you got to kind of take your shots with the guys that you think are proven. So, yeah. I mean, to me, it's it's almost a no-brainer. I kind of want – and I don't want – just to be clear too, I don't love it as the standalone fan duel 7-7. Seven, seven. I don't think there's enough strikeout no. upside there with Matt to go ahead and do that. But as a second pitcher on DK tonight, whether it be – on cash games, slate, or on tournament, I think you can get behind Mats. Looking at the Mets lineup on the FanDuel side, McNeil's just 3.4, despite being red hot. Alonzo's 4.3. Very, very doable there. Um, yeah, I think you want to get some lefties in there. Like, Alonzo is obvious uh, if you can afford him, but McNeil, like you said, I mean. Well, what McNeil, about Cano and, Cano and Conforto? And Conforto. Yeah. yeah, eight of the 11 home runs Eflin has allowed this season have been against lefties. I just think there's some regression coming in his game. Like, he has been fine. You look at the game log, he, Eflin has been pretty solid, but I feel like there's some regression coming, and I think we can attack him. There's just no way I'm going to play 9-2 for Zach Eflin in on any format. You know, it's funny, we're playing. looking – we're looking to, uh, you know, the other side of this one, too. Scott Kingery is that one guy, too, where I think he's is, been hot. Uh, he's been hot. I believe in him. He's at three five on the FanDuel side. Uh, but it's funny. Jute Real Muto is two nine. And there's a guy that so many yes. people were so high on when he got tell. Like, oh, and, and this is what I hate when people kind of they put these things together and create a narrative where it just becomes an automatic projection where, oh, well, he's going to a better ballpark and he's going to a better lineup. It's automatically going to be better. And it's not it has not no. been better. In fact, you can argue it's been worse and sometimes there's a lot of pressure and sometimes there's other intangible things. And that's why I like relative position value. That's why the fantasy black book is built in that because it takes reality into account. And this concept of just over projecting things and getting yourself in trouble, like overdrafting JT real Muto, which I saw everywhere this year yeah. because how bad catcher was. And it just sucks. You look at it and you're like, the guy has not returned value. And that has sunk a ton of teams, especially Roto ones where you reach for him early. Ugh, brutal. All right, let's go after the next one here. Uh, over in New York, you got Sabathia at home against Aaron Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez, just 4.5, by the way. Just want to 
point that out. He should be free. He should be free. Just give give it to him. Uh, But, like, what are you looking for in this one, too? I I don't love Sabathia, but do you want to make the case for him as well as Matt's as a potential guy? Because 7.1, basically the same as a secondary pitcher. He's at home, though. My only – I think you can, though. I think you can make – that's the one he gets a W. Regardless. Yeah, that's that's the one issue is how long is is he going to go? Because he's never pitched into the seventh this season. He, I feel he better about him getting the win than I do the quality start. Does that sound crazy? <laughs> like, yeah, no, you should. You I should feel good. I, I mean, look, look at the six point five team apply total. I mean, Aaron Sanchez has allowed 12 homers, six in his last four starts. He enters with a 65 to 45 strikeout to walk ratio over 78 innings. So he doesn't strike anybody out and he walks guys. I saw that his last start in L.A. And he's trying to start with first pitch strikes, and because he's just he's walked at least two guys in in all in each of his sixteen starts, like he's just walking guys like twelve in his last eighteen innings, twenty three runs and twenty eight hits in his last eighteen innings. It's unbelievable. He's trying to hit the strike zone off the top, and guys are jumping all over it. Now he has to face the Yankees. This lineup is so hard to get in DFS stamp and DFS wise, like. They're all extremely expensive, especially on DraftKings like LeMahieu, Judge, oh. Santa. They're all five. Is it? Edwin's five. five three. It's I mean, unbelievable. Okay, it's the, the same values, I guess, Hicks and, and DD, but you need to get a piece of this Yankees lineup tonight without question. Well, on DK, it's it's tough. So here's my question to you. Do you fade any of the big boys on this slate at all? Pair up Mats and Sabathia. Go with then all-star offense. We're talking Alonzo. We're talking Judge. We're talking all these kind of guys. And just yeah. load up that way because it's very doable if you if you want to try that. It's not out of the question for sure. Yeah, I've I've already messed around with that option actually. Mats and Sabathia, I've you know Eduardo, which we'll talk about on you know if you just roll with him as as maybe your pitcher on Fanduel, and then you can really get in some Yankees bats. You can do it, and the the way you can do it is you have to take the couple value bats that are in this lineup. Like it's DD, DD's three seven. Hicks is 3-9. That's the DraftKings prices. Over on FanDuel, Didi's 2-9. And FanDuel Hicks is, is much easier. We talked about it on the weekend yeah. show. We're going to talk about it again here because until it changes, it's worth noting. Hicks 3.2, Didi 2-9, Torres 3-7. Yeah. So you're getting you're getting the bottom third of that lineup very cheap, very cost-effective. And I think on FanDuel, you love it, especially on a night like tonight where you got Giolito yeah. and you got Kershaw on the slate. So let's, let's move on to Giolito. He is 10-7 on FanDuel, which is cheaper than his DraftKings price, because on DK, he is expensive. 11-9 against the Red Sox in Boston. That's a tough sell for me price-wise. I mean, I still love Giolito tonight, but 10-7 standalone pitcher on FanDuel. Love it. He's going against Eduardo Rodriguez, who we like on the show. Yeah. Sometimes there's contrarian love here in these kind of scenarios where I go, eh, you know what? Give me Erod. The ownership will be less in tournaments, all that. I can't get there. Giolito's been so damn good. I don't see the path to the W for Eduardo. There's another guy, too, where you feel better sometimes about the win than the quality start. Like last week in Baltimore, we went after him, and we were right. We nailed it. This time, I'm going to just leave this one lie, let the sleeping dog lie, and give me Giolito and be safe. Yeah, I mean... I don't mind Erod, actually. I, I know that the path to a win may not be there, and the Red Sox are still trying to figure themselves out. I mean, they lost two or three to the Jays the, over the weekend, and the one win they had was an extras. We're starting to see signs, though, from Giolito, the old Giolito. Like, yeah, he's still been good, but he's allowed four homers and seven walks in his past two outings, and that's those are the that's been his issue uh, over this short career. Like, he's still striking guys out, but, you know, I he had a cakewalk schedule, man. He really did. And then his last two, his last two outings, the Yankees and Cubs, 
he's been hit around a little bit. So I'm I'm not going to go there in that price point. It's just way too expensive for me. And I don't mind Erod from a tournament standpoint. There's no way I'll roll this guy out in cash. And I'm not crazy about the Red Sox bats. I just feel like there could be an opportunity for Erod to to maybe rack up a few Ks and and you can do something special in tournaments. That's all. It's um, from a cash standpoint, it is, I'm it is really fading away from the entire game. Well, that's fair. I for, I understand the contrarian side for Eduardo. I'm personally just not doing it because, yeah, Giolito has been a little bit bumpier lately. But I, I'm at ten seven. I think that's a fair price. If this was eleven nine, I wouldn't mm. do it. Ten seven. Yeah. I think you could still make the offense work and still be respectful enough there. Uh, Aloya Menes, by the way, in this one, just two point eight. Another guy too uh, on the Fanduel side. June. Great yeah, June. having a really good June. And the price hasn't risen. So nope. take advantage of it. We always like to talk about the lineup builder guys. That's one of them. He's under 3K. Go get him. So uh, over for the Kansas City Royals, uh, Alberto Mondesi is uh, out. So we've got another shortstop there. They brought up uh, the kid, Alberto um, Ortega. So he's going to be playing shortstop for them. I don't know if I want to get involved there, even though he's 2.1. But it's Brad Keller, Adam Plutko. What are your thoughts on Plutko in this one against the Royals? Yeah, he's interesting. Um, Dozier's back, but they lose Mondesi. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, they can't quite get to full strength this lineup. Yeah, no, they can't. Um, And Dozier hit a home run, I believe, yesterday. So it's good to see him back in the lineup. You know, for Plucko, doesn't strike out a whole lot of guys, 22 and 27 innings, but only three walks. Like, that's pretty impressive. The control seems to be there, but he's also allowed a home run in, in all five starts, nine already this year. So he has been hit around hard when guys make contact. So I suppose you could take, you know, a couple shots with Dozier, um, you know, maybe Duda. But, you know, we could see some rain in this game. I, the, I, you know what? The only appealing bat for me, and he's been heating up and his price has caught up to him on DraftKings, Jason Kipnis has actually been pretty good lately. It's like yeah. turning the clock. He and enters a six-game hit streak. Yeah, four multi-hit games over those six games. Ten RBI. He's moved up to the cleanup spot. Yeah, he's three on FanDuel. So that I think that's a guy that you can get involved with if you're playing on FanDuel. Four on DK is it's okay. It, it's it doesn't jump out at me, but you know, three on FanDuel is is one that I think you you just plug in and then it allows you to do a lot of other things. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think I think that makes a lot of sense there. All right, let's move on to the next game here. We got the Atlanta Braves, Julio Tehran against John Lester. Now, Lester this year, we talked about his splits at home have been much better than his road stars. He's just 7.4. Is this another guy we're going to throw into the mix tonight in terms of, look, don't have a lot of options. He's 7.6 on DK. Kind of fits that same profile like CC at home. The only trouble is he's got Atlanta. Ronald Acuna just went yard again. He is 18th. We saw signs of life from Donaldson this past month or so, which is, uh, I guess, encouraging at this point for sure. Austin Riley's cooled off as we all thought that he would. Yeah. But Ronald Acuna has not. I'm going to pass, even though I think it's tempting because it's Atlanta and because I think Atlanta's just rolling right now. And I think they're going to just steamroll this division in the second half. I really do. Me too. The Braves are amazing. They're awesome. Jump on them now. I think two weeks ago, they were 12 to one to win the World Series. I think they need another arm. I don't know. I think they'll make a move, whether that's Bumgarner or maybe some bullpen help that which they probably need. But this is a Braves team that is just, they're just awesome. I love their first five or six hitters. And I mean, Freeman, you can't get him out. I mean, he's got like 10 multi-hit games in his last 14. He's just been unbelievable. So I, it, you know, Lester's nothing more than a tournament dart throw and somebody who, you know, people won't be on and he's cheap, but yeah, you got the 2.76 ERA at home. Like you mentioned, Joe, and five, 5.8 on the road. 
I just can't pick. I just can't go against this Braves team. I just cannot do it. And I know like 6.1 team implied total for the Cubs seems a little high for me. I don't care who they're up against. This is this is a team that's kind of been underwhelming over the past couple of weeks. I I agree with that. That's a a number where you kind of go, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's there's been some struggles up and down that lineup lately. Yeah, I, I think that's that's one to, you know, the Cubs, I think, I wonder if they get the bullpen right, if that kind of changes things. Kimbrough's supposed to be back this week. I wonder just from a mental standpoint, if that kind of just kickstarts them a little bit. Yeah, it might. Yeah. Just to have that guy where you go, okay, we can just get to the ninth. It's a little bit of peace of mind. Because I think it's very, I think it takes its toll mentally on a team when you get leads into the ninth inning and then you blow them. I think it's, it's just oh, for takes sure. its time, takes its time. Absolutely. And they've blown a ton of them. And I think, I think it's a little mental thing. I think a couple saves from Kimbrell might get this Cubs team back on track. Yeah, All right, let's talk about Clayton Kershaw, who's 11K over against uh, Zach Greinke on FanDuel side. Greinke a 9.1 in that game. On the DK side, Kershaw 10-4, Zach Greinke 8-4. So I'm gonna. this is my contrarian spot of the night. I'm going to go with Greinke at home instead of Kershaw. I'm going to go along with Greinke. I know Dodgers have been great. But Greinke has also been a walking quality start. You mentioned fires at the top of the show. This guy's been absolutely money. He was good again his last outing. I just he, he somebody some other team has got to go after him. I think the Braves are the perfect oh, yeah. spot for him. Oh, you know, man. getting to Atlanta, he'd be so good there. He would fit in really well. Not a lot of pressure. A good city for him. I think Greinke would just thrive in Atlanta. And they've got the young pieces to do it too. They've got the Christian Paches and and guys like that in the system. The 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 Kyle Wright to the world where they could flip a bunch of those guys and get Granky. I'll get, I'll take Granky tonight. I think he's the best value on the board. What say you, Chris Meany? Yeah, I think that's a good call. I mean, the Diamondbacks, they're, they're strong against lefties. They, they've right. been strong all year. One of the better teams. I mean, uh, Marte's expected back. I believe like he was available. The Diamondbacks said he was available yesterday to, to play, but they wanted to just be precautionary with him. And, you know, he's got the groin injury. I think he'll be back him and Escobar. They have 17 combined homers off lefties. So, I mean, Kershaw is not, he's not the same. Like he's been decent, but clearly he's not the same. Like he doesn't have the same kind of velocity. He's not striking out guys the same. He's given up home runs. So I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think Granky's a great call. I think he's a contrarian arm. I think there's value to be had because he's up against the Dodgers and Kershaw. So I think we'll get him, you know, just with a low ownership tonight. And the upside is definitely there. He's been really well, good. I think he's had like I mean, two How do you not love him as a it. tournament arm tonight? Because if he gets, yeah, for sure. he, you know, there's going to be some Gilito and Kershaw shares in tournaments because there's just not a lot of other things tonight on the board. Right. Not a lot yeah. of games. Yeah. So that being said, if Granky beats him and you've got a Granky, that is a huge separator on a night like tonight as a standalone yep, uh, and, and and he comes at a value at nine one on FanDuel, where you could still yep. do a lot. You can get the bottom half of that Yankee lineup. You could probably get even the top of that Mets lineup and make a lot of things work. So I, I don't, I see this as a, as a definitive one there and Peralta, I, it's, it's tough because it's against a lefty at three, five. So yeah. I understand if you want to fade away from that, but that does mean Adam Jones, maybe you take a shot with Christian Walker again. Maybe you get him. He's been hot. So, yeah. He's down to 2.82. This was a guy who was red hot in April. But if you think that Granky's your guy, I think you have to have Christian Walker in the utility tonight. You got you to gotta take a shot, a shot or two because somebody's got to help him get that W. And it's got to be somebody there. It's got to be either Christian Walker, Adam Jones, one of those two bats. To me, that's where you go. I mean, even Kendall Marte, potentially two. If you want to go completely off the board, absolutely. On a slate like this with seven games where everybody's going to stack Yankees. There's right. not a lot to like. Yeah, Honestly. nobody's going to want to roll out the Red Sox against Lucas Giolito after seeing them, you know, seeing Giolito 
the success he's had this year and the fact that the Red Sox couldn't do anything against the Jays pitching. And you're looking across the board, where else are you going to go? The Braves bats are super expensive. So, yeah, if you want to go and be contrarian, and this is the night to do it, and it's not getting too cute because these guys have crushed lefties and good lefties all year. So Marte and Escobar, I think, are good pivots away from some other top bats. Very affordable on FanDuel, obviously. Yeah. But on DraftKings, if, if you want to plug them in and they continue to have success against lefties, you and you have Granky as well who could potentially pitch a gem, I think you, you know, you're laughing. Yeah, I, I agree, man. All right, let's get to the last one here. John Gray on the road against San Francisco. David Dahl's been hot. He had another home run on Sunday, too. Uh, boy, what a stretch he's been on to finally becoming the player everybody yes. wants him to be. Uh, he's got a matchup tonight against the lefty, though, so I'm going to just leave this one alone. Uh, personally, I'm going to leave this whole game alone because I just I don't I don't see it. I mean, you know, Arenado is going to be if you want to like if you don't want to pay up for Yankees, you want to pay up for Arenado against the lefty. OK, like that's yeah. the one thing where I look at that as the one off and I go, all right, you want to take Arenado. But Trevor Story being out of this lineup does change this lineup significantly. When you have to go through Story and Arenado, it's a big difference. Now you're going to put a lot more pressure on Dahl. I know he's responded to it initially, but we'll see how that goes as time goes on. Uh, we always talk about the Giants, too, not being a big strikeout offense. So I don't see any love for John Gray tonight. Do you? I, I don't. Linesar loves him. <laughs> they have him as the highest projected pitcher going tonight. And that's on all on the, Vandal, on the optimizer. For on, the, on, yeah, on the DraftKings side. The DraftKings side. Now that's interesting. Eight, eighteen points. I'm in. They they have them projected for eighteen. As a w and you know that's exactly what it is. They, I mean, there are some guys. David Dahl surprisingly has a three fifty one average against lefties this year. But like Desmond, who's moved up to the two spot. Obviously, Blackman has been red hot since he's returned well, off the IL. It's Dahl. It's Arenado. If you want to go, just if you want to get out of that Yankee one and into something else, you go Dahl and Arenado. I, I yeah. that, that's fair. And Murphy's yeah. been a guy, too, who's hit lefties in his career. Too. Yeah, so I that, think he had like a great day yesterday. He's starting to heat up, too. So I think that's what it is, Joe. Yeah, I mean, Linestar is seeing a potential W here in a great pitcher's ballpark away from Colorado, uh, a team that hits lefties really well. Um, you know, all those guys in, in Blackman, Desmond, Dahl, Arenado, and then you mentioned Murphy. So I think, I mean, I could get behind it in a, in the late slate. If you're playing late slate, there's only a couple games, so you're going to really try to have to be unique. If you fade that, you know, Dodgers and Arizona game altogether, you can go that way. But it's not totally for me. John right. Grace, he's a little 50 Yeah, well, you know what? And this will be fun because sometimes we like to test, you know, most, I would say 99.9% .9 of the time we're in lockstep. And this is one of those times where we're not, and I'll be fascinating to see what gets it right tomorrow. And we'll recap that for sure. All right, let's take a look at the betting lines. What do you have today, Chris? Uh, yeah, from the betting standpoint, it really got to lay some juice on the Yankees, but I think it's a, it's a pretty solid bet. At least jump on their team implied total. It's at five and a half right now. I believe they'll get six runs That's against Aaron Sanchez. By the time game happens. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, you can jump on the under in the Red Sox and the White Sox game. That's at nine and a half. So if Giolito does, you know, you know, come close to what he's been doing 90% of the season, even if he only allows three or four and, and Erod only allows three or four, here we are getting the under in that game. Anytime the Braves are road dogs, I jump on it. You guys know this listening. They're not favored to win that game in Chicago today. I'm going to jump all over that. So Atlanta at plus 115, I'm all about. Colorado on the road at minus 120, I'm all about. I like the under in Arizona and LA as well. Kershaw and Cranky, that's at eight and a half. It actually opened up at eight. It's it's jumped up to eight and a half. So 
Uh, I like that the under as well. And I'm going to take the Mets. I'm going to take the Mets on the road against the Phillies. I'm just going to continue to hammer the fact that the Phillies are struggling. They they haven't played good for a while. How many times have we talked about it all year? All year, it feels well, like every two time months. they had a little spurt. You were like, okay, maybe this is the one that gets yeah. them going. Nope, hasn't happened no. at all. So I'm just going to jump right. on the train and pick against them. It's that time, Chris. It is that time now to continue the streak because Nomar Mazzara did me well. That's for sure. This weekend, oh, he he, uh, he showed out. So I am uh, another one chalk on the board there. So Dan O'Grady's got it. So now it's time to get back at it because that was the weekend. It's over. So even though we're right then, we got to be right now. That's all that matters. And let us find the next guy to go yard. Why don't you go first today, Mr. Meany? How about you go first? I feel like I'm always going first lately. Well, I mean, you I want to give to. you the board. The board is <laughs> for you. To. The board I is give for you me. The board, sir. I you want you give to me the board. board. Yeah, you take Speaking the board. of chalk, I'm going right to New York. Let's be honest here. It's just which guy do you pick in this lineup? And let's go with Aaron Judge. Let's pick Aaron Judge. Aaron I haven't Judge. picked him all year. He's been out of the lineup all year. So let's go with Aaron Judge against Sanchez. All right. I'm going to stay with that same lineup. I'm going to stay in New York (laughs) and I'm going to go with Aaron Hicks because he's one of my favorite values on the board. And I think Aaron Hicks is going to go yard in this one. So give us it's it's dueling Yankees. I don't remember the last time we picked two guys from the same team, which is crazy because haven't they hit a home run in 27 straight games? Uh, like who the Yankees? Yeah, probably. Yes, (laughs) right. And that's and that's without guys like Stanton in the lineup. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, that's now you got Stanton and Judge back in the lineup too. So God knows where that's going to go. I mean, if the Severino can go back healthy, this is going to be a, a hell of a team, that's for sure. So just to recap tonight, we talked about how much we like Granky as an oppo play. Uh, we talked about the stacks. Obviously, got to have pieces and cash of that Yankee game. It's going to be popular. It doesn't matter. It's the right thing to do. There's some love though with Sabathia and Matt's. Some of the cheaper options out there on the board on DK. You can pair them together. You can use them to go up to Giolito or Kershaw if you feel safer about that. We actually like kind of loading up on offense tonight, fading pitching yes. a little bit. We like Granky, some of these secondary arms there, like Matt's, like Sabathi to go along. A good chance of W's. We'll see about the quality start, but pretty much a good chance of W's. That's what it's all about. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. But in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at JoePizzaPS17, at Star app, and at Chris Meany. And there's only one thing left for us to do, and that is step out of the on-deck circle and into the batter's box and go yard. We'll see you next time, kids. Been listening to the DFS On Deck podcast, brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizapia and Chris Meney.